0: This is HBR episode 2096 entitled Useful Bash Functions, part 2, and is part of the series Bash Scripting. It is hosted by Dave Morris and is about 23 minutes long. The summary is the further development of a bash function that may be of use in your scripts.
1: This episode of HBR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HBR15.
0: This is Dave Morris. Now today I'm going to be talking about Bash and some functions that I think you might find useful if you're into that type of thing. Now this is one of those shows where I have put up quite a lot of code and I'm going to talk about it. So if you're not interested in this then you can skip ahead. If you are interested I would strongly advise that you listen to this with the code in front of you unless you have a very, very good uh, ability to visualise bits of text in your, in your head, which I'm, I'm certainly not such a person, so I sympathise if you're not. So what I'm doing today is picking up from where I left off in 2015, April 28th, where I did show number 1757, which I entitled Useful Bash Functions. And uh, so I thought I'd carry on from here. And this is called also Usual Bash Functions Part 2. And what I'm doing this time, I looked back at the previous functions that I talked about, and I'd got a bit of feedback from the previous show, uh, some of which said the way I had organized things was not really all that useful. At the time, I didn't agree with that. But on reflection on using these functions because these are things I actually use day in day out. I got really fed up with the way it was some of these were working so I've rewritten them. I thought I would share one of them with you which was the yes no function which was sort of a bit I think it was commented on that it was a bit annoying the way it worked. So as usual if you have anything to say about this critical or otherwise anyway saying constructive critically critical things is is a good thing so just please um comment or send me an email or something so my yes no yes hi, yes underscore no function is a thing which i use in scripts which um asks a question in the form of a prompt and then expects an answer which has got to be a yes or a no a positive or a negative answer and then it will return a true or a false result and um so what this function actually does is, it uh, it takes a a prompt and or it outputs a prompt. You feed it a prompt and you feed it a default answer, which can be y or n, yes or no. And um, it then outputs that prompt and expects an answer. Or if you don't type anything, it'll it'll go with the just hit return. It will go with the default. Now the the version that I demonstrated in show seventeen fifty seven the prompt or not that the prompt was always followed by the default. So if you provided a default like yes or no or whatever, you would actually see do you want to do x y z followed by either the word yes or no. So it actually re- it, it typed it for you effectively, which was not ideal because if you wanted to change the default to something else, it offered you no and you wanted it to be yes. You needed to delete The text and then retype it. So, I've had a go at redesigning this, and I've got two versions of it, which I want to talk about in this episode. I've called them yes no mark two and mark three. So, I've got an example of using mark two, and it consists of if space exclamation mark, which is the not the negation symbol in Bash space yes underscore no underscore mk2 space open quote do you want to continue question mark space percent s space close quote space open quote capital n close quote semicolon space then so that's an if statement and the thing that follows the the then is return followed by fi which is the end of the if statement so what this is doing is It's firing up yes, no. It's getting back an answer. And if the answer was true, then it will return. If the answer was yes, it will return a true value. And then it will skip the rest of the if statement and uh, carry on with the rest of the script because we've negated it. We've turned a true result into a false one. And if the result coming back is false, it will be um, negated to become true and then the script will execute the return statement. So that's how it works. So the the prompt, do you want to continue percent %s? Is uh, is what gets put out, and the then the other argument is the default. So when you run it, you would get the the prompt. Do you want to continue? Question mark space. Then you'd get square brackets lowercase y slash capital n close bracket, and that's been replaced by the function that's replaced the percent s string. Now this lowercase y slash capital n business is a convention you'll often see in command line tools you probably have and and you're wondering why i'm telling you about it but just in case you haven't the square brackets hold the two possible responses in this case which there's only two possible responses and the default one is capitalized so this is this one shows that the responses should be a y or an n but if nothing is typed then it's taken as being an n and the the case of these things is relevant the case in the in the square brackets simply denotes which one is default so i then launch into the function itself and it's a bit different from the previous version so i will go through this one but when we come to mark 3 i'll skip over a lot of the the details cuz they're they're similar so yes no mark 2 it starts i've got a numbered listing of it here in the notes in the in the full notes starts on line nine preceded by the usual comment and uh, on lines ten to twelve there are various variables being defined some of which hold two of which hold the the arguments the variable prompt and default hold the the two arguments that are given to it and also provide defaults as appropriate in fact prompt is mandatory so that bit of um, uh, bash parameter substitution causes uh, it, the whole func- the whole script to fail with an error message if no prompt was provi- provided. The default is set from argument two, which is forced to uppercase. It's just so we don't have to bother about checking for for different forms of the uh, the answer. So lines 14 to 28 are all about dealing with the prompt string. And as you've seen in the example, you can provide the prompt string with a percent %s enclosure, which is a substitution point for this square bracketed business. So the first thing that happens on line 14 is that a bash regular expression is used to check to see whether the prompt variable contains the string percent %s. I plan to talk about bash regular expressions at some point in, uh, in the future, so I'll not go into details here. And if it is, uh, if, if there is one of these things in there, then the rest of the, the lines up to 27 are, are executed. If there's no percent %s, then we don't care. We're just going to carry on. We don't need to do anything special to the prompt. Then on line 15, we have a check to see whether there is a default value the minus n option inside the double square brackets which is bash's testing capabilities in an if statement minus n means not blank not empty so if that's if the default exists if there is a default value then we want to do particular stuff if there's no default value then there's an error and we abort the whole script Um, that's on lines 25 and 26 where an echo is produced which puts out an error message that says default required so if you're going to use percent s you've got to provide a default otherwise it makes no sense and we use on line 26 we use exit which not only exits from the function it also exits the script that's calling it because whoever has written the the script has obviously messed up so um we just want to abort at that point. So line sixteen to twenty three now. That's what happens if there is a default. Line sixteen we set default to the first character of, of the, that particular string because it might be a multi multi-character thing. It might be N O or YES or something. Then depending on what we get back, there's a case statement which begins on line seventeen, which is um, which uses default as the the default variable as the uh, the switch variable and if default contains y then we can const- construct reconstruct the prompt string by using it as the format string to the, to a printf and adding square bracket a uh, capital y slash lowercase n close square bracket as the percent s and we put that back into the prompt variable so that's the line that says y Close parenthesis. Print f space minus v space prompt space, open double quotes dollar prompt close double quotes space double quotes square brackets uppercase y slash lowercase n close square brackets close double quotes and then two semicolons, which is the way you end one of the branches in a case statement in Bash. So if the prompt was, if the default I should say was y or began with a y, then we want to put in the appropriate element in the in the prompt string that that shows that the default is a y for the n branch, then we do the equivalent thing, but with the case the other way round, so that the default is obviously a no an n. If we get neither a y nor an n, which is the the star. Um, instance the star case in the case statement that means anything else then we do another one of these echoes with an error message saying the default must be y or n and exit the whole script and the next line is a double semicolon meaning that's the end of that branch. ESAC on line 23 is the end of the case statement. I wanted to mention how this echo error message is constructed. The the echo string is in double quotes, so you can put parameters in it. You can put the parameters of substitutions in it. And what we do is we substitute dollar open curly bracket, func name, F-U-N-C-N-A-M-E, all in capitals, square bracket, open square bracket, zero, close square bracket, close curly bracket. That means the array called func name, the zeroth element. Now this is something that's maintained by bash, and it keeps the name of the current function that you're in on the, it's, it's sort of a stack. Similarly, a bit further on in that line, we have a line number, so it's line space and then the substitution point. So we're using dollar open curly bracket, bash underscore line no, which is all in uppercase, square bracket zero, close square bracket. And this is the current line number that um, we're on in the bash script so it's it's just a i just put that in because i in the intervening time worked out how to do that and thought it's a useful thing to put in error messages because you uh, get more information about where things failed if you're developing a script so after we've been all through all this stuff between lines 14 and 28 we've come out if we have come out, because we haven't aborted due to errors, we've come out with a prompt string which has been rewritten to contain this square bracket y slash n business. So line 33 uh, through 38, they're pretty much similar to the original, Um, but I'll just read them uh, quickly because you probably have completely forgotten about about how it was done originally. So we've got a read statement: read space minus lowercase e space minus lowercase p, and th- then the followed by space double quotes dollar prompt close double quotes space ans ans. So what that's doing is it's outputting a the prompt string and receiving back an answer, which it's storing in the appropriately named variable ans then line 34 has got res equals in double quotes dollar question mark this is the result returned by the read statement so if anything went wrong then we want we can catch it there and deal with it so this is followed line lines 35 to 38 by an if which says if dollar res is not equal to zero it should come back as equal to zero meaning everything worked okay then echo read aborted return one so the most common thing that will happen is if if the person using the script can types Control d which is the sequence that you use to say that's the end of what i want to type and so then it's it's an end file marker and you can use it to abort read prompts if you do that then the script will, this function will return a read aborted message and will return 1. The value 1 is false. So should have returned the default perhaps. I don't know. Anyway, it's the trouble with reading these things out. As I think about them, I'm I'm thinking of other ways I could uh, rewrite it. Anyway, we'll leave it as it is for the moment. And line forty we're looking to check to see whether an answer was actually returned whether whether the um, the user just pressed return in which case the ans variable will be of zero length and that's what that test is doing it's using it's not using an if it's using one of these shortcut types of bash um, expressions so in square brackets we have minus z space double quotes dollar ans double quotes and then ampersand ampersand space ans equals open double quotes dollar default double quote so we're checking to see if if um, the ans variable is empty and if it is then we put the default in that then lines 41 to 45 are actually actioning the returned result so the, the if statement checks to see whether the variable ans which we force to uppercase is matches the regular expression. The regular expression consists of uh, circumflex capital Y, open parenthesis, capital E, vertical bar, capital E, capital S, close parenthesis, question mark, dollar. Now this is a regular expression which looks for a Y as the starting character. And then that can be optionally followed by an E or an ES. And that's why they're in a parenthesized group with an alternation vertical bar in the middle. If you've listened to my SED series, you should recognize this. Except that in SED you have to put backslashes in front of a lot of things. The question mark after the closing parenthesis means um, you don't have to have the things after the Y. So just a plain Y or a Y-E or a Y-E-S are all match. And the dollar at the end simply says that's all you expect, and you expect the end of the line at that point. So if that matches, the script returns 0, which is true. Otherwise it returns 1, which is false. And that's it. It's actually fairly simple except that there are some, some slightly tricky things along the way if you're um, not up to speed with bash, perhaps. Now, there is a problem with... There uh, are probably several problems with the Mark II version. And the thing that struck me as I was developing this was that if you type Y, you get the answer. It, it treats it as if you're saying yes. But if you typed X or anything that is not an N, um, including an N itself is regarded as no. So that's that's a bit messy. If you accidentally if you went for the Y key and missed, then it would be interpreted as as N and it could be something quite important that was being asked for confirmation on. So I thought I would develop a, a Mark III version to make make this a little bit more resilient. And it's essentially the same. Again, it, it's listed in the long show notes. It's pretty much the same all the way through lines 1 to 32. Everything is is pretty much the same. The difference is that on line 33, we have a while loop. So there's a loop in this, which will keep on checking what is actually returned in the way of an answer. The while loop consists of the word while space, then true semicolon space do. I like to write my while loops all on one line. You can split it after the true if you want to instead of the semicolon put the do on the next line so what's true well true is actually a built-in feature it's a, it's a built-in bash command which just returns a true value true being zero so while true do and the loop ends on line 57 means keep doing this loop forever there's no condition there that will ever stop it so lines 37 to 42 are the same read and uh, and check and uh, give up on control D thing that we saw in the earlier version of this in the Mark II version. Line 44 is the same as before, where it's checking to see if ans c- contains anything, and if it doesn't, setting it to a default. Then the real the real change, the main change apart from the while loop, is line 50 through to 56 where we check the uppercase version of ands on line 50 against that same regular expression that will match a y or a ye or a yes and then it will return true if that matches but then line 52 we're doing a further test that if it wasn't that then is it equal to no where the the regular expression is circumflex capital n capital o question mark dollar what that means is start at the beginning of the line look for an n followed by an o but the o is optional because it's followed by that question mark and then we want the end of the line so no no way or something like that being typed in would not match if that matches we return one which is false And if neither of those match, line 54, the else branch, we output the message invalid reply, please use Y or N. And uh, line 56 is the end of that compound if. So what we have here then is a thing that takes in an answer, checks if it's yes or no, and stops the loop and exits the function with a value. Um, But if neither of those are returned, then it will... Produce an error message, and the loop will go around again. So the 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 function will keep on and on and on um, asking the same prompt until it uh, it gets a valid answer. So I've given a typical use in the notes, which is which is pretty much the same as um, the example for the Mark 2 version. So if I won't read out letter by letter, but we've got if not yes no mark three, then in quotes do you want to continue percent s close quote and the default is in quotes and it's a capital N semicolon then. Then we echo finished and we return at that point. So if you ran that particular if statement in a script or from the command line if you wanted to I would never do that myself personally but uh, you you might get the following dialogue which I've shown in the thing in the in the notes do you want to continue and you've got a lowercase y capital n so the default is no and who, the the response here has been what and it comes back saying invalid reply please use y or n do you want to continue the same question type y o the previous, the previous version uh, not the previous version, the original version would have accepted that Y-O as a valid, as a meaning yes, but in this case it says no, invalid reply and then the next answer is nope, N-O-P-E well that also doesn't match because there's a P and an E after the N-O, invalid reply it says and then asks the prompt again, and finally this rather awkward person types no, at which point the script says finished and aborts and stops exits. So personally, I'd say that the Mark III version is more useful overall, and the one I'm I have adopted myself in a number of places. And um, it's it's just it's not perfect. There's still things you could do to it actually. Some of which I thought of as I was reading this stuff. But um, yeah, it's it's a bit better. If you have uh, for any input, if you have any suggestions as to how to make it better then please let me know. There's a version of it which can be downloaded which is linked in the notes. So if you want to grab it and use it in your scripts or mess around with it or improve it or whatever, then please feel free. And if you do improve it, as I said, let me know. That would be great. Okay, we'll call it a quits there. Hope you enjoyed that. Bye now.